Are you ready to make this summer your best yet? Dive into the Wholehearted Enneagram Summer Series with personalized guide sheets for your Enneagram type. You can get detailed insights about your personality and even growth tips designed to help you to embrace your gifts and also to learn how to thrive in your season. Get your Wholehearted Enneagram Summer Guide Sheet today for your specific Enneagram type as you follow the links in the show notes. I want to invite you to start your journey towards a more wholehearted summer. I hope you listen to all nine episodes of this year's Enneagram Summer Series so you can make this a season to remember. Maybe you've heard and read that you should not type your children. It could damage them and they might resent the box that you've unintentionally put them in. And this is true. But that's okay, because my absolute number one plan to typing your kids is to not type them at all. It's right. But instead, you're going to help uncover their natural communication style, and you'll adjust how you approach your response. It is how you understand your kids' natural communication that will help you not go crazy with frustration, and you will feel empowered to connect with your kid on a deeper emotional level. Hi, my name is Amy Wicks, and I love to talk about the gospel message your heart was created to hear. I'm a Christian Enneagram coach for moms who loves to share resources which help you be confident that you are the best mom for your kids. I'm a mountain mama who somehow ended up on a cul-de-sac in the Midwest. I was overwhelmed by motherhood, and I struggled to understand my true motivations. But the Lord didn't let me stay there. He helped me turn those challenging moments of motherhood into a wholehearted decision to get intentional with my faith, my marriage, and my kids. I share brokenhearted perspective with story, but with wholehearted purpose and plan so you can live a life full of courage and abundance. Think of this podcast as your on-the-go mom pal and friend who can't help but talk about Jesus and the Enneagram. So get to that pile of laundry, or hit the treadmill, or load up the kids in the car for that grocery run. Get ready to be encouraged and challenged while you listen. This is the Simply Wholehearted Podcast. Before we jump into this conversation, I wanted to remind you to get your free copy of the Enneagram and Motherhood Primer or primer, whatever you prefer, available on the Simply Wholehearted website. Discover the motherhood style that you were created for and go from surviving to thriving. Simply Wholehearted's Enneagram for Moms Primer is here to guide you through the highlights of your personality type. Learn more about your superpowers, overcome your weaknesses, and connect with those you love with the help of the Enneagram. You are the mom for the job. Now, let's get right to the conversation. Have you ever wondered what personality type your kids have? Do you find yourself being frustrated with your interactions with them and wishing you could understand what's going on in their little or not so little mind of theirs? Perhaps your child is well into their teenage years and you feel them drifting away from you. You even find yourself wishing you knew how to connect with them better. And somehow you find every interaction becomes an argument and then you end up on opposite sides of the issue at hand. You just wish you could know what they were thinking, right? Well, friend, 
If you can relate, you are not alone. In fact, I think most moms out there are in the same boat. It's completely human to not always get along with your kids and to be thrown off by their inconsistencies. Because being a mom often means you are the main one to connect and train your kids day in and day out. And it is super hard work. It's so hard and so challenging, in fact, you might be pulling your hair out. And when you're already losing your hair due to whatever hormone transition you're in, well, then you become an even crankier mom than you're trying not to be. Maybe you've heard and read that you should not type your children. It could damage them and they might resent the box that you've unintentionally put them in. And this is true. But that's okay, because my absolute number one plan to typing your kids is to not type them at all. It's right. But instead, you're going to help uncover their natural communication style, and you'll adjust how you approach your response. It is how you understand your kids' natural communication that will help you not go crazy with frustration, and you will feel empowered to connect with your kid on a deeper emotional level. Whether you have a toddler, a teenager, or even adult, I believe becoming a first chair student of your kid's personality and then adjusting your approach will help you with the interactions with your child. Honestly, discovering their dominant personality won't help you change them, but it will empower you to determine how you approach training, discipline, and even the connection they crave. Today, we're going to cover the value of searching out the natural personality bent of your child. We'll also talk about the steps to determine their preferred communication. And then I'm going to offer tips to mindfully adjust your approach to training, discipleship, and connection. During our first week of school this year, my 10-year-old boy was outside much later than normal because all the neighborhood kids had a rousing game of tag in full swing. We were still at the stage of trying to adjust our evening routine You know, that whole getting back into going to bed at a decent time, but the sun's still out, frustrating adjustment. So we allowed the kids to hang on to some of their summer rhythm, and he was out there having a blast. They were fence jumping, car dodging, and all sorts of thrilling moments that young boys should have. And besides a later evening than was beneficial for the smooth early school day start, I really didn't think anything about it, and I didn't know that anything was amiss. That morning, my husband mentioned that one of the neighbor boys had gotten new shoes. And I thought, (laughs) what did that have to do with us? Well, what I didn't know that my son noticed that this neighbor boy had gotten new shoes. And then he straight up asked him, well, hey, what did you do with your other shoes, your old ones? To which the boy replied, I have them. Why? Well, apparently my son, Miles, had been admiring this friend's shoes for a long time. And as soon as he realized that his friend didn't want his old shoes anymore, well, he asked him if he could have them. I could not believe it. When my husband told me, I was horrified, mortified. I don't know, all the things. Do you ask a neighbor kid you barely know for their old shoes? Well, my husband laughed at my reaction and he told me, well, it's already come full circle. Last night, while I was outside getting my stuff ready for the next day, he stopped and put on the new shoes. Miles joyfully claimed these new hand-me-downs. Because the exchange had already been made, I didn't push the issue. But his sister sure did. 
They were as horrified as I was, but they were not shy about sharing their horror. As he put on his newly claimed shoes the next morning before school, there were lots of protests from his sisters. There were demands to return them, an outcry of disgust at using that neighborhood kid's shoes. And these sort of interactions between my children, well, they tend to spiral out of hand, and then they end up causing us to be late or behind. But because I had a few hours of adjusting to this news under my belt, I was able to respond calmly. I was able to clarify that the shoes were not given out of duress or coercion. I was able to make sure that the other boy's mom had approved the exchange. And I was able to laugh at the situation, though not in front of my son. These responses quieted his concerned sisters, and we were able to get to school in time. He is my fashion-driven child. He's always up for a challenge, and he is unashamed to ask for something if he thinks it could be his for the taking. And you know, someday these qualities will serve him really well. In the meantime, it's my opportunity to make sure he uses his talent for his good and God's glory. I do have many stories like these, and I have learned the best way to navigate these challenges, discussions, and even neighborhood interactions with my kids is to really focus in on their unique communication style. And because I've discovered this, I have also learned why my parenting challenges aren't like my sister's challenges, my best friend's challenges, or even my neighbor's challenges. So today, I'm going to unpack a few pieces of the personality puzzle to get you down the road of discovery of your kid's natural communication style. You may have heard me talk about stances before, as in Enneagram stances. But if you haven't, I'm going to provide a quick recap. The word stance in the Enneagram world is a term used as a way to describe each person's posture toward communication, their conflict style, and even orientation to time. It's pretty mind-blowing. There is so much insight to be gleaned from this half of the Enneagram teaching. In fact, understanding stances has provided the most benefit to me as it relates to connection with my kids, which is why I'm going to share this information with you today. I will get a little nerdy and technical, but if you follow, I promise it'll be worth it. First, there are several divisions of three in the Enneagram. And the stances, or communication style, provides one grouping of nine different types. The three stances, or communication styles, we'll expand on today are the assertive stance, the dutiful stance, and the withdrawn stance. To help you remember the differences, types in the assertive style move toward people to get others to meet their needs. And people in the dutiful style, they move along with others to get their needs met. And in the withdrawn style, they move away from people for fear of not having their needs met. Do any of those ring a bell for you? Well, because I think it's important to not type your kids, I'm not going to attach numbers to the stances in this episode because I want you, as best as possible, to evaluate and study your kids using these three general categories. And over time, as your child grows an interest about their personality, it can then become a conversation. So now that we have that foundation, I have some keys for you to use as you evaluate what your child's natural communication style is. The assertive style personality, as I mentioned, moves towards people to try to get others to meet their needs. 
when the assertive types are under stress, they tend to expand their sense of self rather than backing down and withdrawing. Sometimes they get too assertive or aggressive when interacting with others, as in you or their siblings and possibly even their friends. They hope to convince others of their values or ideas. Now, kids in the assertive stance struggle the most with limited external interactions or stimulation. 2020 may have been especially difficult as the circumstances have continued to cancel playdates, sports, vacations, and even schooling options. Now, to give a few ideas about what an assertive style might look like in your home, you may see them have a desire to know what is next, even if they are having fun in the moment. And oh my goodness, can I not tell you, I have three assertive types and it never fails. We'll be in the middle of having an amazing time, but they're still asking me what's next. (laughs) The assertive types will most often be the leader or try to lead their siblings and playmates. If there are a few leaders in the group that they're with, there may be conflicts surrounding any effort to make a group decision. The dutiful style, as I outlined, moves along with people to get their needs met. They hope to earn autonomy by following rules, procedures, and others' expectations. When they are under stress, they might dutifully serve or try to satisfy others' wishes. Sometimes they might even shut down their wants and desires in order to feel loved and accepted. They may go along to get along, even while having an opinion. They tend to live with a lot of oughts and shoulds. Kids in the dutiful stance struggle the most with expectations. They want to have clarity on what is expected of them, whether it's how a parent, teacher, or even an older sibling would want them to act. During this crazy year, as adults were barely figuring out how we should handle the virus and what we should do, well, our dutiful kids may have felt the most stress from the adults in their life. To give you a few ideas about what the dutiful style might look like in your home, you may see them have a desire to know who is in charge and what rules they need to be most aware of and to follow. Most often, they will try to earn attention through their caring and serving of others. Most likely, they will be great at accommodating trusted authority or peer leaders when making a group decision. Then the withdrawing style tends to move away or withdraw from people for fear of not having their needs met. When they are under stress, they tend to retreat to their inner world of imagination or may even zone out. Sometimes it feels most challenging for them to summon up the energy to deal with the outside world. They may be your child who expresses their struggle with fitting in with others, and they even come across as shy, especially in large, unfamiliar groups. It may take them time to warm up to others. Kids in the withdrawn stance struggle with the constant intimacy of a busy family life. When all of the shutdowns happen, they may have experienced some momentary relief, but as time has gone on, (laughs) the typically spacious and comfortable living quarters have felt smaller and they are in desperate need of well-deserved space. To give a few ideas about what a withdrawn style might look like in your home, they may not interject themselves into family conversation and may be carrying around some resentment and hurt because they feel as if they are not being heard and seen in comparison to their other family members. They may be content to play alone or separate from siblings and friends. If there are strong leaders in a group or in the home, they may withdraw for fear of not being heard or not being able to express themselves and their opinions. 
Now, all this information may feel overwhelming at first. And even as I share it, I go, oh, wow, this is a lot. But as you continue to study your child's consistent behavior, it might become clear to you how they lead. Now, if you desire more information on the teaching of stances, my Enneagram Roadmap video guide has a whole section dedicated to teaching more about the differences and fantastic questions to help determine the dominant communication style. Okay, are you ready for your parenting tips for the personality stances and styles? I do have a few which you can implement today. Your tip for parenting an assertive child is to see their persistence as a gift. Affirm their ability to go after what they want, but firmly remind them you know how to make the best decision for them. Encourage them to enjoy the moment and to take time to reflect on what they have done and are grateful for. Be aware if your assertive child has siblings who are different personalities, they might err on remaining in control, but they need to learn how to let their other siblings voice their opinion and even have their way sometimes. Your tip for parenting a dutiful child is to acknowledge their superpower of serving and getting along. They may be your child who more often than not flies under the radar in family conflict. Make sure they don't get overlooked or overworked and be aware you might need to be direct about seeking out their interests and desires. It will be helpful to inquire about their interpretation of your expectations they may be placing undue stress of meeting your needs. Last, your tip for parenting a withdrawn child is to recognize their need to retreat and have their own sacred space. They may be your kiddo who escapes during family conflict, maybe under the table, behind the couch, in their room. They do this because they need time to process emotion and decisions. While running away doesn't always work, Do take time to discover their opinions, perspective, and even knowledge. They will have plenty to share with you once they are given an opportunity which feels safe and is without competition from assertive siblings or even parents. I firmly believe when you begin to adjust your natural communication style and responses with your kids, you will go from, I don't understand them, to, now I understand why they... When your understanding goes up, you're able to connect with them on a much deeper level, even if they're totally opposite of you. Remember, it's not about determining your kid's Enneagram type, but about their natural communication style. Once you go through the steps of determining their preferred interaction, then you can mindfully adjust your approach to training, discipleship, and connection. Remember the difference or the similarities will help you stop the emotional knee-jerk reaction And you'll find yourself enjoying your motherhood a little bit more. So friend, you will continue to hit bumps in the road with training your kids. And you may not pinpoint your child's Enneagram type for many years. And this is a good thing. In fact, using communication style insights prevent you from putting them in a box. And it reminds you to continue to be a student of your child's personality. Remaining curious and engaged keeps you connected at deeper levels. And of course, this sweet mom-child connection is the best possible outcome. If you would like more on this topic specific to Enneagram Insights, helping you connect with your children, check out two of my favorite previous episodes, episodes 142 and episode 121. 
You can also get the Enneagram Roadmap Video Guide, which gives you an in-depth look at each stance that we learned about today. You can use the information from your Enneagram Roadmap for your kids, your friends, and yourself. You'll learn critical elements of the Enneagram in under 30 minutes and have lifetime access to review again and again. If you found this episode helpful, I would be delighted to have you share it with a friend. Remember, give yourself the time to learn your story wholeheartedly, slowly, and communally. I want you to know that you are the mom for the job, and you can love like it. Until next time, continue to pursue perspective, purpose, and plans for a simply wholehearted life.